0: now we're live all right we're live all right i got all kinds of stuff going on here at the house dogs going crazy and squeaky toys and
1: professional broadcast excellence here
0: yeah nothing nothing but the best for y'all so this is uh this is going to be ash the lunatics um this is going to be an open session we'll get to take any of your questions, comments, uh, complaints. Larry's the complaints department. So please forward all your
1: complaints to him. Um, here's the, uh, here's the complaint department <laughs> form. It's right. There. You must, and you must use a magic marker.
0: Okay. Uh, remind you, we are brought to you by Pittsburgh power. Um, uh, we are, uh, um, distributors for ops and max mileage Uh, we have uh, an entire episode 108 uh explains how the ops system works if you're not familiar with ops you need to go check that out because we are firm believers in that as a um as a maintenance tool um as a uh, as a preventative uh keeping your truck on the road and knowing what's going on inside in your engine and if you're driving anything built after about 2004, you should be running max mileage fuel-borne catalysts. Um, you know, I, I'm a believer now. I wasn't at first. That took me a while to really be convinced of it. But there's just enough people now that are using max mileage in their emissions trucks, including EGR. And and it saves uh, it saves you from a lot of trouble. So, Uh, These are products that we proudly use on our our own vehicles, and we are firm believers in that product. Uh, Let's go ahead and tell you about the Reset Your Mindset 2022 coming up in July. If you register before June 15th, you get $50 off. So go to the website, blueribbonlogistics.com, click on events. You can register there. Rocky will be there doing uh, inspections and alignments. Carl will be doing there. uh, We'll be there doing inspections and alignments. So if you want these guys to look at your truck and tell you what's going on with it, um, did we decide with uh, $140? I do that right Um, for the inspection. From Carl? Yeah. Carl Carl and Rocky. Okay. Both. Um, Rocky's. You'll have to remember because I had this wrote down, but I've I've lost it. Uh, Rocky's alignments are going to be uh, three ninety five, I believe. We'll have to get back to you because I had oh well, it's on the event page. It's
1: on the it's on the page. Um, sorry about that. I had it wrote down, but I didn't do my. If you're know. not familiar with an MD alignment, go to you know MD alignment and and check it out it's uh we, we've talked about it a lot in the past but it's the only alignment that uh I mean, we don't let anybody touch our trucks except him um chad in kansas city and uh, jim fowler up in michigan depending on where the trucks are and uh, all three of those are competent md alignment people that learn from mike beckett um mike beckett uh will be um we, he did our event last year remote um we're going to have that. Uh, we recorded that. We're going to have that again this year at the event. So Mike Beckett is the, he knows more about alignments and suspension and tires than literally anybody in the world. You know, if, if the major, if the major tire manufacturers have a problem, they can't figure out, they call him, you know, they fly him all over the world to tell them what what's wrong with the truck, you know? So, um, we, uh, we think a lot about his program, his technique, his strategy, and, um, and we, so one of the reasons why we get such long mileage out of our tires is because we use, uh, MD alignment to, uh, to, um, keep them straight. So, um, uh, Chris, you have those banners, uh, Larry at blue ribbon, Chris at blue ribbon, drive for blue. us at blue ribbon. <clears throat> we should hire William to be our producer, by the way. Yeah, so we should hire somebody. Hire one of my kids.
0: And are you getting me okay? Because I'm getting a connection unstable warning on
1: my end. I see you fine. Okay. Well, let me shut a bunch of stuff. You look as beautiful as you ever do.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead and just shut a bunch of stuff down on my computer in case it's hogging bandwidth.
1: While we're waiting, you know, it's, uh, everybody complains about how bad the rates are and how expensive the fuel is and what we're going to do, you know, the, the sky's falling. Um, we just had one of the best weeks that we've ever had at uh, blue ribbon as a, if you look at it as a percentage of our target attainment, uh, revenue versus target attainment. So, um, we're here to tell you that, uh, don't believe everything you hear, you know, we can, uh, you can still, still make money in this market. You can still, you know, um, you can, you don't have to go home, park your truck out front. There's, there's ways to get through this. And, um, if you're, um, not sure what that is, join us in July 16, 17, and we'll explain to you in great detail, how you can not only survive this year but thrive and not worry anymore about what fuel costs and not worry too much and more about what rates are Um, so anyway, well us.
0: you know, I'm driving up the road uh, today and and I look over passing a pilot close to the house and I see five whatever it was five fifty five and you know that's <clears throat> shocking to see, you know, just a couple of years ago we were down in the mid two dollars, right? Um, orange man, orange man, bad. And it certainly seemed, um, it certainly seems like, and it feels like, um, it's a big problem. And I, I had a, a conversation with one of our drivers yesterday. We were sitting and talking and, I I brought up this guy right here. This is my secret weapon. Y'all ready? Y'all see that? That's my secret weapon. It's a calculator. This right here, this device, has the, it has the power to dispel feels like and seems like because feels like and seems like goes away when you start using one of these. Um, it feels like it's too much. It seems like, but the calculator tells the story. And we have illustrated how uh, throughout this, the profit margin really hasn't changed because the uh fuel surcharge has gone up with the with the uh, uh with the price of the fuel and we have trucks that range from 60 cents a mile to 80 cents a mile and the average is somewhere right in that 74 range for all the trucks added up but here's the uncomfortable part and and I see he's he's watching okay the difference between 60 and 80 cent a mile is driver there. I said it.
1: So put your steel. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm looking at now two thirds of our fleet last week, made profit on fuel surcharge. The ones who did not are the ones that do not have, um, they're not attaining the, um, our s- seven miles per gallon is sort of our threshold. That's where we consider the the minimum standard, and uh, the ones who are not making a profit on fuel surcharge are the two or three that do not attain seven miles a gallon and so we have um, you know we put a lot of things in place to help with this the scan gauge being the big thing and making sure the truck mechanically is capable of of doing it and so um, you know it's just part of what we're teaching here it takes a while to undo what um, this industry does to people you know the it takes us a a long time to deprogram and get the robot out of drivers and mm-hmm. get them able to critically think again and, uh, and not depend on, you know, and not a seed authority to other devices. And so it's just a process and it comes easier to some than it does to others. Um, we have kind of incentivized it to make it financially rewarding or penalizing based on your, uh, effort to do that. So, um, But this is, I mean, we do this because we teach people how to function profitably in in business for themselves, regardless of what the market is. You know, if your business model only works when the market is at an all-time historical high, you've got a shitty business model. Okay? Yep. So, uh, and you're going to see how shitty they are as they start. (laughs) I had a guy call me today. I mean, I get one a week. I had one call me today, you know, same old, same old. Okay. You know. So, you know, there's going to be a, a whole, you know, uh, saw, I saw uh, uh, some numbers just the other day, 20,000 new trucking companies started in February, 20,000 new MC numbers were, were issued in February. The, the analysts are, all of those 20,000 will be gone by the end of the year. So because they come in the, they came in the industry at a time when they thought their business model is normal. And the, and, the, and the economy is, and the market is normal, and obviously it's not normal, and normal scares the hell out of them, you know, so, um, you know, the, the bottom line here, you know, you listen, y'all can, y'all can laugh at what we drive, you can laugh at what, all the emphasis we put on fuel mileage, but let me explain something to you, you won't be laughing next year when you're, when your tr- truck is, is uh, <clears throat> repossessed, or it's parked at the house, and that's fine if you pay for the, if you've got a paid for truck, but, You got a $800 a week truck payment. You're not going to park it at the house very long before somebody's going to come and get and haul it away one night while you're sleeping. And, um, you know, we take this stuff seriously because it's how we stay in business. You know, I've done this since 2008 and um, and I've gone through two or three of these cycles um, and I understand what it takes to stay in business. I also know what how easy it is to uh, to not pay attention to little things and not be in business very long. So anyway, um, enough of that fuel surcharge, you know, if, if you, if you, if you're looking for someone to throw you a bone because fuel, tra- fuel, uh, price is what they are, y- you got it. The fuel surcharge is the bone it's designed to offset the variation in fuel. Now I will admit to you, sometimes it lags behind as it goes up, but the good part about that is it lags behind as it goes back down as well. So every week that you're under that you know that it doesn't keep up with the price and fuel, on the other side, when it starts going back down, it will stay higher as the fuel goes down too. So it all evens out. So you know, you can't walk to school uphill both ways. You know, one way you're walking downhill. <clears throat> like our parents used to talk about, oh, I'll walk to school in the snow uphill, both ways. right. <laughs> Only if you live in West Virginia could that possibly be happening? You know? right. So, uh, what are we going to talk about? Anybody got any questions? What's Ken saying there? Twenty Twenty One Fuel is put that up, Chris. Let's see what he's saying. Ken's one of our uh, we we have some badges now. Some some of these guys now are anniversary listeners or something. Have you see, caught that, Chris? I have not. I think it's on Facebook. But if you look at it on Facebook, we've got some we've got some bad we got some badge earners out there. So, uh, but Ken's one of them. So. Um there you go. He's just saying what we just said. fuel cost, fuel surcharge fuel cost goes up, fuel surcharge goes up uh the percent of revenue that's the biggie that's the biggie fifteen point six in 2021 fourteen point eight there you go. The fuel sur- surcharge is keeping his fuel cost as a percentage of revenue in the same area, and that's exactly what it's designed to do, you know. That's why if you're, if you're getting, and you saw his fuel mileage, seven, seven, eight. So if you're getting anywhere close to that, the fuel surcharge will, will compensate you for the price of fuel. That's not what you should be worrying about. Okay. Need to be worrying about your cost of operating your truck per mile and fuel is a big part of that, but there's lots of other things too. We talked about that OPS going in. One good thing about the OPS is it is a huge moneymaker when it comes to saving money on, on, uh, maintenance because most people throw good oil away every 15 25 30 whatever the number is unless you analyze that oil and have it lab tested have you have no idea if that oil is still good or not if it's not good you you ran it too long and you've damaged your engine if it's not good you just threw away good oil and um i don't know uh, i think a deluxe oil change at ta now is what about three hundred dollars is that am i right about that oh it's more than that three something four something so yeah um You know, you add those up. Go back and look at our episode 108. I I tracked that green truck of ours that I have 1.8 million miles on. I track all the savings the OPS had on that truck. I could have bought a truck with the savings, a a new truck, with the savings that I had from using the OPS. So if you don't know what we are talking about, go to 108 and check it out. I'm looking at this EIA
0: um, retail document from Landstar Online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see yeah. <clears throat> and you know, it <clears throat> I, I first I wonder how many BCOs even know that this document is available to them.
1: Um how many BCOs even know what Lancaster online is? <clears throat> Actually, uh, <throat> you don't have to know that, Chris, cuz you just have to go to Facebook. <clears throat> right. But it it shows here that
0: you you get fuel surcharge down to one dollar and fourteen cents a gallon, retail price. If the uh, if the f- fuel goes to a dollar nineteen, you get one cent per mile. And if the fuel goes up to six eleven, you get eighty three cents per mile. And this document is 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 this document proprietary,
1: or that's just a copy of the. National stuff, isn't it? There, it may I'll, be transferred over to a Landstar uh, sheet, but no, it, it's it's from the EIAc. It's not from Landstar. Okay. They so, may have it copied over into this form that they use, but. but no,
0: I'm gonna I'm I'm share this because this is, this is interesting stuff. Let me turn that, random. So, <clears throat> here at the top line, you can see the national U.S. average is 553.9. three nine. And then it has, you know, this should be part of your, of how you're looking at when you're booking a load. Well, if I'm going to New England, the average up there is 622. Okay, well, let's go down here to 622. Um, is, So <laughs> it's off the charts. Well, so but, you, have to but, go, get but you see there, the scale continues yeah. once every six. Yeah. So, so, so six cents. So what I say it was six that'd be another two. So it should be 85 cent a mile, right? You yeah. should be fighting for 85 cent a mile. If you're going to the Northeast and you've got to pay that fuel. Now you've also got to understand that some fuel surcharges are contract. And I, I saw last week, we had some fuel surcharges in, in the 50 cent range, and every one of that, see, I'm trying to think of the number you gave. Uh, 14, 14, 14, 14 of our, however many loads we did last week. 14 of the loads we did last week were under 75 Four. 74 we under 74 cents. Every one of those, except two of them, were direct customer. Two of them were not direct customer, and they were, but they were close, I think. I think they were 72 or something. Um, but we had some direct customer stuff that was down the 50 cent range because that's the contract. Right. And if you're not going to take the time to understand the difference between direct customer freight and contract freight that most of y'all hate right now, but you're not going to hate it when the, when, when this, when this correction happens. Uh, And Larry and I have decided to be um, Specific. We're not going to, I'm not going to say bloodbath anymore, right? That's what's going to happen, but it's a correction, right? And this is what happens every cycle. It, it The market corrects itself and it throws off all the stupidity. Uh, it throws off all the people that have, you know, been engaging in this stupid behavior that causes this stuff. But even trying to get our guys here to understand when your email comes in, the first thing you should do is look at the money. You have all the data points, you know. So, which, which course I never would have dreamed would have to teach people how to use a map. I guess we're going to teach them how to use a calculator because you should divide the amount of your fuel surcharge by your loaded miles. And that's how you get your fuel surcharge per mile. Take the money of the fuel surcharge, divide it by the loaded miles. Obviously, you're not going to include deadhead miles in that, you don't get fuel surcharge for deadhead miles but and i've put a column in our spreadsheet now you know and and we realized that we probably should have been doing this when fuel was 2 250 a gallon um but that's what that's what times like this does it it exposes areas where you go oh you know what i should be watching that too and then we put another column in the spreadsheet i've started tracking how many loads are direct and how many loads are not direct you know, just whatever data points that you can get. The more data you have, the better decisions that you can make. And then you can use the bullshit eliminator five thousand right here, the calculator. What was this question? Fuel surcharge mm-hmm. on direct freight is great, but on three PL freight, they break it out of the line haul, which gives you thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Technically it gives you 35%. I mean, it's shifting the money. Larry has made it. Larry's done a really good job trying to, nobody listens to him uh, (laughs) in our uh, orientations to why does Landstar give us fuel surcharge? It's a benefit.
1: Well, Wait a minute. Go back. Go back one more step. Everybody needs to understand on the spot market, there is no such thing as fuel surcharge. Correct. Okay. It doesn't exist on fuel surcharges only in contract freight. So you don't have to renegotiate the contract every time fuel goes up. Now this, this is, this is controversial because first of all, people don't, they don't want to hear this, but Landstar, the fuel surcharge at Landstar's is nothing more than a benefit. Okay. It's that automatic bone that they throw you to help you get through the situations when fuel does this. Okay. All it does is guarantee you that this fuel surcharge number, which is calculated by a government agency, you know, that you're going to get a hundred percent revenue of that as opposed to Landstar taking 35%. So Greg, you bring up a good point and you are technically correct, but you, on the other side of that, even with three P, even with direct freight, you know, unless it's a contract, unless it's Landstar contract freight, which is not much of that, okay? That uh, there, there isn't. I mean, if you were a if you were a an, an owner operator with your own authority dealing with a broker, and you mention fuel surcharge, they just will laugh at you, okay? But yet here at Landstar, we we take it as an entitlement, you know, and it is benefit. And, and, and the but the only thing it does is it says, okay, here's a thousand dollars to run this load, and we're going to make sure that the agent gives you the fuel surcharge of that at 100%. Now, it's up to you to negotiate that because some agents don't do it automatically. You know, you've got to go in and say, hey, wait a minute, this is going to New England. You know, this thing needs to be 85 cents. Well, they need to go, but Atlantar authorizes them to give the current fuel surcharge, okay? And unless there is a contract or the, or just the customer refuses to do it. end of the day, the customer is always going to win this battle because they're the one paying the bill. And if you remember what we talked about, the guy who writes the check sets the rules, so uh, we can only do it to the extent that the customer will pay for it. But um, you know, fuel surcharge is is simply a uh, it's simply a benefit that Landstar passes on to us to help offset the the variation of fuel in a market that there's no such thing as fuel surcharge. Which anyway. Um, so, Greg, does that make sense? I mean, if if not, let's keep talking about it because it is it is important, you know, to understand that. But the problem I have when I talk about this and I talk with a bunch of truck drivers is they, this sense of entitlement kicks in and, you know, they, they don't want to actually talk. They want to scream and yell and right. and, uh, and demand that, you know, this, well, I have this coming. Well, no, you don't. No, it's not don't have it coming the only way you have it coming is if you go get your own freight and 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 do a contract and in that contract you put in fuel surcharge to accommodate for the fluctuation in fuel and that's what it's for so um you know well and i, I want to go back and
0: just hit something you said all right put yourself in the position of the shipper or whoever's paying the freight bill whoever's whoever's responsibility it is to find the truck and pay for it. If you have enough volume that you're engaging in contracts. Okay. Let's use us as an example. We're now distributors for um, Pittsburgh power, right? I don't do enough volume to go set a contract with somebody. I'm just going, somebody makes an order. I take it down to the place and I ship it. And Know now, Pittsburgh Power, on the other hand, they have enough volume, they probably could engage in some contracts. Well, when you've got volatile fuel like we've had for the last 30 years, you've got to set something in your contract that will allow that will um, account for that uh, without having to completely rewrite the contract every six months, every three months, every two weeks, whatever it is. So, we're going to say. All right. Well, here's the fuel surcharge scale, right? And 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 instead of we're going to pay you two fifty a mile plus fuel, we're going to pay you three plus fuel, we're going to pay you a dollar seventy five plus fuel, whatever it is. But the spot market isn't like that. It's what can I get a truck to move this load for today? What's that going to cost me? Well, with us, we're, we've set our daily rate at two thousand, and it's been that way. Back into late 19, 2019.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, after, after, the, after pandemic. the pandemic, you know, yeah. in fact, probably middle of, middle of 19, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, about June,
0: about this time last year,
1: we no, set our minimum. No, not, not last year. This is 2022. Oh, well, it just seems two like. years ago. Two years ago. Right. Two years ago. Um,
0: We set our minimum at $2,000 a day, which means it doesn't matter how many miles it is. If it's two hundred miles, if it's six hundred miles, we got to have two grand because that's what we feel like our services valued at this time. Okay. Now, in the last three or four weeks, I have seen starting to see the the crump the the ground shaking and feeling the crumbling. That I have booked a load of, that was twelve hundred bucks. You know. Now the next day I got twenty eight, so you know
1: I I made it work. But ground that ground rumbling is me calling him up and asking what the hell he's doing. That's the ground rumbling. (laughs) But you can't get blood out of a
0: rock. I can't I can't hold my you know, cross my arms and hold my breath and and stomp my feet and throw a fit. Um the truck's gotta move. And sometimes, you know, it might move for twelve hundred bucks that day. And The next day, I'm looking to make up for that. And if I can get $2,800 the next day, the two loads together is $4,000. Hey, that's $2,000 a day and everybody's happy, right? Um, And somebody, what was it, Rocky (laughs) just said, there are some that need to attend, probably six to eight guys at the homeless shelter, Lane Star Yard, down in Jacksonville that have been there at least 10 days doing nothing but complaining about the rates say they're gonna sit there until they find a load that's at least 350 a mile out of Florida. (laughs) Well they better get comfortable okay because I'm trying to get a load out of
1: Jacksonville next Friday and I'm gonna be lucky to get 210. So but guess what let me let me give you a number let me give you a number that you might not know yet okay because I just did it today. Two thirds of our trucks last week uh, did over ten thousand dollars a week? Uh, for the week? We had one solo, solo that did right at sixteen. Mm-hmm. We had another one at uh, almost or, uh, over, well over twelve. We had an eleven. We had we, and one of those that didn't make it was within fifty bucks of making it. So we had well over two thirds of the truck last. Uh, now we had a couple of trucks that didn't even drive all week, so they had mm-hmm. no, no possibility possibility getting it. So you put all it together, we probably had eighty percent of the people that could have made uh, quota last week in this, however you want to call it crumbling rate market or whatever you used while ago, um, that would have, uh, that would have made, uh, the minimum quota last week with the rates like they are and fuel like they are. So this is, uh, Now I say this because, you know, listen, I've got the best fleet manager that the world's ever known. And, um, you know, we we uh, were really, 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 good, really good at uh, at uh, booking loads, finding freight, negotiating, uh, building relationships with agents, teaching our guys to do this. So the reason we're doing this right now, when probably a lot of people aren't, is a credit to uh, Chris and then, of course, his assistant, Seth. And then the guys that we have that are booking our own loads, they have learned from the best. So, uh, but that's, but that's how, what we do. They that's occasionally get a kick in the ass
0: from the best too. Richie can testify. Oh, they speaking do. of Richie, they do. can y'all touch on how fuel discounts work at the truck stops for Landstar? I've noticed them fluctuate. Well, go get a sandwich. Richie's going to take a little while. Well, so two fundamentals. One is uh cash discount versus cost plus. All right. So. When I first came to Larry and, or, and when I first came to Landstar and pretty much my my whole experience and then coming to Larry, most of my fueling was done at TA and Petro because they were cost plus. So you got the fuel at the cost plus a penny or two, right? And you had to call this phone number and you had to put in the location code. And it was the same way when I was at ATS. If you wanted to know what the cost plus was, you you had to know what your contract was. So so maybe your contract was cost plus two pennies. You'd call the phone number you'd put in and it would say the cost plus for today at this location is 3.275. And then you would add your two cents and then you would know. Okay. So at Landstar for the longest time, uh, Love's and Pilot Flying J were just $0.25 off. That was it. And rarely would $0.25 off beat Cost Plus. It just didn't happen. And so up until, I guess it was probably 90 days ago, or maybe longer than that, because I think the pandemic was last year. So maybe it's been six months. um, Flying J and Love's started doing Cost Plus. Well, that changed everything. Because now we can't just assume. And look, before it was pretty easy to assume Petro and TA were going to be cheaper, right? Um, But now you can't assume. You have to look at Landstar 1 every single day because you just don't know. Is this Love's on 25 cents off or is this Love's on cost plus? And is this Flying J on cost plus? I always use Effingham, Illinois, because there's four truck stops within a mile of each other. There's two flying J's, a Petro and a TA.
1: And, yeah, and, a, pilot be, about a,
0: mi- and a pilot about a mile away. Well, that's what Well, there's a flying J, a pilot, a TA and a Petro. Yeah. All within two exits. Yeah. Wildly different prices. I bet you, if I looked them up right now, which I can do quickly here on the fly, because
1: I'm a broadcast professional. Well, let me, let me, while you're doing that, let me, let that. me talk about something. Okay. Is it okay if I say go that? ahead? So, I see guys on Facebook all the time complaining about the discount at this place or this place was only a few cents. Okay. Here's Richie, here's where it's confusing. Okay. And, and like Chris said, there are two ways of looking at fuel costs and there's two ways of making the discount. One is cents off of what's called the marquee price. The, the big flashy numbers as you drive by the exit, There's green and the red and flashing that's called a marquee. So Forever and ever and ever, you know, uh, at Landstar with a com data card, we would get 25 cents plus six. Well, any, any of those places, if you pay cash, six cents is automatic. Okay. Well, right. com data is considered cash to them. So you're going to get six cents for using the com data card, period. Okay. Then on top of that, you're going to get 25 cents more uh, as a discount. So that's the so 30 31 cents off of pump price is the discounted price, okay? So, you, you, you know, you can pretty much take that to the bank. Now, TA and Petro, forever and ever and ever, were on a cost plus basis. So, you're paying their cost for the fuel, plus a couple of pennies at a, as a pump fee. Well, the, obviously, the discount in that situation is going to be just a little bit because you're not coming off a of retail, you're going up above wholesale, So you can't really compare those. So you can't look at it and go, oh, I'm not getting a very good discount here. And that's the beauty of the Landstar One app. If if all the things they did, like the only thing the government ever did decent that they helped us was IFTA. One of the best things Landstar ever did was the Landstar One app. If you're not using the Landstar One app to buy your fuel, you're a a fool. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you got to understand how to use it because most people aren't using it correctly because they don't have the IFTA set right. We'll teach you all that. July 16th, 17th, if you want to come out and join us, by the way. I promise you by noon, you'll have you'll have saved way more money than it's going to cost you to be there for a weekend. Absolutely.
0: <clears throat> and the four locations at Effingham are within two cents of each other. So
1: but it's always a good illustration because there's well. Four but, of them but, but that together. makes it that that's another good point, though, Chris. You cannot get in the habit of memorizing fuel prices or assuming that because that was always been the cheapest fuel, it's always going to be. That is completely a a false, um, uh, whatever, uh, you have to check it every day. And by the way, fuel prices change at midnight. So you want to check it in the morning, not at night, or you want to check it. If you want to get on that list, that Nastic list or that pilot list where they, they put out the prices, uh, that afternoon, what's going to happen at midnight, you may want to decide to fill up before midnight. If the prices are not, are going to go up? So uh, again, it's worth the effort to research this because guess what? Your number one fuel, number one cost, is in trucking. Anybody out there want to want to want to want to help me out there? Any of our guys? Yeah, it's fuel. So, and and the easiest thing to to adjust, the easiest thing to attack is fuel because all it takes is for you to take a few minutes and research where the best prices are. That's all it takes. And and if you remember last week's episode, the difference between you know, paying seventy-five cents more at one place than you did the other, and they're eighty-eight miles apart, is just you doing the research. You know, and seventy-five cents a gallon times what you buy all year long was a big, big number. So, anyway, I hope that answered your question, Richie. Uh, yeah. Well, it, did it, you? But it doesn't matter if you use the Landstar One app. It doesn't matter. It's going to give you the 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 lowest price for the cost of the diesel. All discounts are factored in. So, Let's talk about t 305. Hey, guys, I'm a
0: company driver making good money, but I'm looking to make better money. How can I get in touch with y'all? All right, so here's my question. When are you wanting to make this better money? Because if you're wanting, you know, I don't, We don't do this so that you can come make X dollars. We do this so that you can come here and learn how to make incredible money, right? I want you to come here and learn how to make 150 to 200 thousand dollars a year net profit as a single truck owner operator. The average owner operator in America, according to ATBS, makes like 67, 68 thousand. I want you to come here and learn how to make double that. Now we do our best to give you a percentage that will reward you while you're here learning and that you should be able to make 80, 90, hundred grand. uh, Maybe a little more if you hustle. Um, But the big picture of coming here is that when you have completed this program, you have all of the good habits. You have all of the identity. You have all of the practices that it takes So that you can be a single truck owner operator and net 150 to $200,000 a year, regardless of the market. I mean, hell, if, if I could hit the road, you know, obviously I'm kind of busy, but knowing what I know now, having been part of this for four years, I could go, I promise you in the market that we've had up to this point, I could probably make 300 or more net net to the house. After all my expenses, I guarantee you, I could make
1: two seventy five, three hundred as a single truck owner operator. General uh, freight van, general freight. Yep. So, T Dev, let me let me point out something else to you. You're a company driver. The first thing we have to do is we have to undo that, because a lot of people think that uh, as a company driver, if they can get into a situation where they own their own truck, that they're still going to be a company driver. They're just going to drive for themselves. And that's the number one reason that people fail, OK, is that you don't understand the, the identity change you've got to go through and the problem solving experience and skills and the business skills that you have to pick up if you don't already have them and, 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 and know how to use them very well. So that is the that's the process that we have to go through. We have to t- turn you into from an employee with entitlement as your main goal to an employer with providing as your main goal. And that that mindset is what we have to change to make you successful as an owner operator. So to answer your question, uh, yes, uh, reach out to us and and uh, it's, um, uh, it's it's Chris put the banner up again. Hell, it's www something 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 drive for us. Reach out to us and uh, put the submission in there, and we'll contact you and talk to you. But understand, it's a it is a it is an eighteen month program, uh, and yes, you'll make you know, 80 to hundred grand here as an employee driver, but we're going to set you up to where you have the, the ability, the skill, the knowledge and the experience to go become a VCO at Landstar after you leave here and make one fifty up. Okay. Depending on how hard you want to work. So um, thanks for asking that. Let me dip back to fuel here for a second. Greg
0: says, check the list Landstar discounts on those Effingham fuel stops. What happened? So I looked the Landstar discount, at those four locations is five cents per gallon and then you have the 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 if to credit well i looked and fuel here after discount is like 520 um and over there it was 498 so effingham right now is about 30 cents a gallon cheaper in
1: illinois than it is right here in west virginia um and again, those are probably all cost plus stations, right? We know the TM Petro is, I'm guessing flying and pilot is too. Yeah. Because listen, I look at a lot of fuel tickets there. I look at every fuel receipt that we generate. You know, with 14 trucks, we generate a lot. Okay. I see a lot of discounts that are $118 or, or something like that. And I see some discounts that are $15. The, again, you, you got to understand what you're looking at there. If it's just that low of a discount, that's a cost plus station. If it's uh, if you spend eight hundred and get one hundred and fifty back, that's a cost. Uh, that's a, a marquee minus discount station. So you have to understand. Plus another thing will be uh, what state there the, that is, because some of that's going to be uh, reflected in IFTA. So, well, and th- this is just anecdotal, okay? But
0: this is what I've seen. When the prices are climbing, the discount gets smaller. And so the, the canary in the coal mine for me is when I see my discounts all of a sudden get huge, that's when I know things are getting ready to drop off. And that's kind of the cool part about it is the, 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 the fuel will stay up retail price, but the wholesale price will come way down and stay that way for, I mean, a week or or two before the retail price starts to fall and you can't get um, you can't get tunnel vision on the amount of the discount. Okay, that doesn't really matter. What really matters is your cost per mile. Okay, that's that's what we're after. So I don't I don't care, right? I don't look when I'm looking at Landstar One. I've got the Landstar discount removed, and I've got the IFTA tax removed, and I go buy the cheapest fuel. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to get hung up on, oh, well, but we're only getting five cents a gallon. Who cares? Doesn't
1: matter. Get the cheapest fuel, period. Well, William makes a good point. It doesn't matter how much cheaper it is. It's the, the strategy is to buy the cheapest. Okay. And, and here's another thing that we, we, we coach our guys. You, you can't just get the Landstar one out one app out and look at it when you need fuel. That's not the way to use it the way to use it as a trip planning tool if you're going from 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 chicago to atlanta okay and you're going to you're leaving in the morning you need to look at the entire route and find the cheapest fuel in that entire route okay and go ahead and make that decision to buy that fuel there now if it's too far away and you don't have enough to get there then you stop and put on 40 or 50 gallons to get you there but that's the way to use the app it's not like okay i need fuel uh, let me get this app out to which one's the cheapest that's that's not the way to do it you know that that will help you look at the which one's cheapest in this intersection but you've got to go down the route and 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 and, and, and uh, research where is the best fuel that i'm going to pass today or tomorrow uh and that's where you're going to buy because there's there's a significant difference between these fuel stops it's not just a couple of cents i showed you one last week that was 75 cents and it was 88 miles apart so it's, uh, it's that kind of difference that it makes. And that's the, that's the difference between having a cost per mile of 80 cents or 90 cents or a dollar or 60, you know, um, cause remember it fuels your number one cost. So, okay. What
0: Chris asks, what kind of annual net is your team operated truck making? Okay. Couple caveats before I answer this question. One, our team mainly ran solo freight. Um, I had them on a full week of team freight, air finger quotes here, team freight uh, week before last. Uh, but that was the first time, the whole time they they've been here. Um, most of it was just like super solo. Um, so I was running them. Um,
1: and this was at their request, by the way. Right, they they wanted to. They they were a husband wife team, but they didn't drive as a team, right? You know, so so um, they
0: you know they would run forty five hundred to five thousand miles a week, but they never ever ran more than that, right? And so I had set my my parameters for them was three thousand a day, and I would look for a four thousand dollar load for the weekend. My minimum I wanted them to hit was seventeen thousand occasionally we hit 20. I'm trying to think what the record was off the top of my head. I think it was 21.
1: They did. Um, Yeah. It was was just slightly over 20. Yeah.
0: Um, but we did some math because obviously, you know, we're a training company. People have opportunities to ask questions. And so they wanted to know like, well, if this was our truck, what would we make? And it was so precious because (laughs) (laughs) I just did the math and I'm like, okay, well, you know, here's the basic stuff. And I said, uh, well, you know, on this week here, um, y'all declared about 8,500 and she just looked at me like this bewildered look on her face and she was like, $8,000. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, accounting for maintenance and you know, this, that, and the others, you know, you probably walk away with 7,500, $8,000. And she just stared at me cause I just, it just didn't sink in. So, um, I got my, I got my bullshit eliminator 5,000 out here. A team running the way that we run them, which again is super solo. It's not some seven, 8,000 mile a week stuff, should in a household uh, together should probably clear 400. Um, now, everybody's got to keep in mind, okay? And we say this over and over again Dry van, general freight. We're not doing anything specialized, nothing specialized, okay? So, you could come here and learn how to do things the way that we do them, and make the one hundred and fifty to two hundred as a solo, and probably four hundred, you know, as a team, couple hundred each. Um, but then there's all the specialized stuff. There's all the heavy haul. There's all the high, wide, and heavy, and the white glove stuff, and the ammunition and explosives. Uh, when we were at BCO days, we've got a, uh, some friends that are teams, and we're all sitting around having a drink. And, you know, he pulls his phone out and shows me this freight bill. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it was one load. It was like $33,000. One load took them a few days, like they pull a van, but it was some, you know, probably super double top secret, you know, black helicopters and shit. But, freight bill. We're just talking about general freight here, folks. We're not talking
1: about all the. And remember where those guys are running super, super solo. They're not. Now we have a team that's getting, we, the half of them are here. The other half of them run away. They're going to run as a team. So we'll, we'll be able to update you on those numbers because we're finally going to have a team that's going to actually run as a team. So. No, Richie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They say ammunition, (laughs) explosives. Sign me up. Um, Richie's already
1: hauling ammunition, explosives. Yeah, Um, it's just not on the uh, on the bill (laughs) later, right? Look, there,
0: Landstar. Like we've said, there's nowhere else that we know of that we could do what we do the way we want to do it and that's the great thing about it is it's everybody has the same opportunity, but when you're at a place like this, there's a whole other level that a lot of these people that are in the Facebook groups will never ever achieve because they cannot, they can't fix that cranial rectal inversion they've got going on. Do Do you make that up? Uh, maybe, I or, I, you know, maybe stolen cranial
1: rectal inversion.
0: Yeah. Cranial oh, rectal inversion. Yeah. Um, I can write that down. <laughs> well, we had, we had one, you know, Richie is my kind of my dealer when it comes to like social media and stuff. And, uh, and, and he alerts me to some guy, which we think was probably drunk from Saturday night, started drunk posting on a Landstar group a bunch of incoherent nonsense with no punctuation and, and people were like, dude, what are you talking about? Um, but the but the sentiment was the same. The agents are the problem. Landstar is the problem. I'm not the problem. I'm, I mean, he even said, you know, y'all, y'all don't know anything more than I do. I know it all. And I'm like, well, I beg to differ, but you know, You can come here and just make, do general freight and make a killing. If you have a work ethic, if you're not an idiot, if you're not a jerk, if you're willing to put the the needs of others ahead of your own. Uh, But dude, the, we just don't talk enough about, which we don't talk about enough for a reason because we don't, we're not here. We're like, you know, like Dave Ramsey, if you ever listen to Dave Ramsey, 90% 90% of Dave Ramsey's time is spent talking about baby step one. You know, he very rarely gets up into eight, nine, and 10. It's, it's, uh, and we, so we're on that baby step one. We're spending all of our time down here, but there's an incredible opportunity once you have figured out how to properly run a business that will still be in business two years from now. And that's what we're trying to get you to do
1: and that's where most people lose focus you know they get focused on you know on you know i want i want to do the a and e i want to do this big stuff and, they, and they're 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 pissing away profits by not buying fuel right they're pissing away profits by not maintaining the trucks i mean everything that we teach that if, if you if you understand you can't outwork stupidity okay um and and you know, it, it's, we, let me give you another example. We talk about managing money here. Okay. Cause most people suck at it. Most people are in debt up their ass and they want to go into business and they think they're going to, you know, they think if they got more money to handle, they'll be better with it. And we know for a fact that that's absolutely false because go find any lottery winner and find and watch him for a couple of years. Okay. Yep. So you can't handle this, this lottery of this, of this, of this $35,000 freight loads if you don't know how to stay in business. And that's why it doesn't really matter. You know, yet, you know, we want to teach you how to have a solid business that will be there, you know, and, and, and when the times are good, you're making a buttload of money. And when times are not so good, you've got the buttload of money to get you through it. And so it's just understanding that you got to be able to walk before you can run, you know, and everybody wants to get to the run part. Oh, that's the fun part. I'm gonna put that on the shoes and run. No, let's just try to get up and stand and walk for a little bit first. You know, it's boring. I get that. It's not fun. But neither is going out of business and, and having your truck repossessed and uh, not being able to do the thing you love and have to go back and be a company driver and hate everything about it and tell everybody how bad it is and, you know, and, and how your life sucks. Doesn't have to be that way. Um, cranial rectal inversion. <laughs>
0: That's what we need to name this, this episode.
1: Cranial rectal inversion. Uh, listen. uh, There's a. This is a. This you think you think COVID is 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 a is a pandemic? Hell, this is the pandemic right here. Cranial rectal inversion.
0: Let's see if I can. Phil just mentioned this. I'm gonna see if it will, if it will pull up so I can show it. I think this is the one he talked about. Yeah. There we go. Share. There it is. So we have the seasoned BCO standing on a big pile of cookies. Careful, mate. That foreigner wants your cookie. And there's the foreign agent with no cookie. New BCO has a one cookie. You know, that that's you know, obviously if you're listening to audio, you can't see this. Um this is an old meme meant to make fun of the CEO that has all the big pile of money and, and, you know, and, and is 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 created a straw man or a scapegoat to tell you that, um, you know, well, you, you better watch out. You better watch out for that guy. Cause, cause that guy's going to take your stuff when he's not the problem. You are.
1: It's, you your- know, well, while, while ago you talked about, um, BCO's not trusting agents and whatnot, and you came up with something this week, and I'd forgotten about it because you know when I was an agent, I used that that LSOM freight imaging thing all the time. Mm-hmm. But we um it was it was brought up to us this week, you know, that every BCO has access to the actual freight bill that is generated and sent to the customer. Yep, and actually see the imaging of where that was actually transmitted. But yet there's still BCOs out here that think that agents are stealing from them, that Landstar is not playing on a level field, that the agents are padding their pockets and the BCOs aren't getting anything. And we're the ones with all this expensive fuel and and the the agents are making more money. It's just not true. It's just impossible to be true. And if you don't believe it, just go to LOSM and go down to imaging and the freight bill that you hauled last week is on there billed to the customer. And you can see exactly what, uh, what is on it.
0: And so. some of y'all should go look at that and see what the garbage, uh, that you scan in looks like. Um, <laughs> cause I, you know, for the, and, and I, so the, the new guys, I always have them send me their transfer confirmation and I will personally look at their bill, make sure everything's right. And then archive it myself. But then as they grow, i say, okay, you take over this. And, um, And so I'm playing around with this LOSM thing and you can go and you can see the documents that you scanned in, the carrier confirmation, which will be if you're hauling a third party load, uh, like the CH Robinson thing will be there and the freight bill that Landstar issues to them for payment. Um, And I don't know if some of y'all need to clean the junk off your camera or you need to get rid of that cheap phone that you've got. But good God. How do you expect to get paid when you send some garbage in like that? Um, we had a guy—I oh, can't remember who it was. His phone was screwed up, and the only—the only camera was working was the front-facing one. And I'm like, wait a minute, you've been scan—you've been holding your phone like this to scan your paperwork. And He's like, yeah, it's the only one to work. <laughs> get a new phone.
1: So uh there's a question came up earlier about is can you get an OPS installed at the event in oh, July? Yes. The answer to that would be yes, but here's my advice to you. I would get a hold of Carl and schedule that either before or after because that OPS can take if uh can take four or five, six hours. And I don't think Carl will have time to do it on Saturday or Sunday because there's gonna be too many people wanting him to look at the trucks. Yeah. So I would get a hold of him and either come early or stay a day late. But yes, absolutely, Carl can install the OPS. He's done many, many, many of them. Um, Amber Evans has a question. I think I understand it. She says, I don't have an OPS. Where do you collect the oil from? I think she means, how do you get the sample? And uh, the, the easiest way would just be to stick the sample bottle in the stream as you open the oil to drain it out. That'd be the easiest way. There is a way, what's it called? A, uh, what, 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 what's, what do you call it? A, what, what, a vampire, there's a vampire tube, I think is what it's called that you can stick down in the uh, dipstick and, and kind of, kind of um, uh, what's the word when you're taking fuel out of a tank, Chris, what's the siphon, uh, siphon. You can siphon it out, but it, it's, well, but I'm going to show you here.
0: Um, I've got this, Let me get my thing to cooperate. Let me try to zoom this in. So when you have an OPS, of course, this thing's not going to let me zoom. So you, if you can see it's, I know it's hard to see, but right here, there's a little valve. On the head of the OPS unit, that you just take a little screw cap off of and you push it in and it squirts the fuel, the, the oil out.
1: It's a little um, spring loaded valve. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, go to that one we use as uh, at the beginning of the thing. That's got our it's got our our products on it. It's much bigger than that. Okay. The one's got the Maximalge on one side and the OPS on. It. There you go. Go to that. <clears throat> well, but but it's, on it. <laughs> it's on the other side. On the other side. Okay. Well. Uh, so, so, uh, Amber, when you do an oil change, just have the guy stick the bottle in the, in the, uh, drain. After you take the drain plug out, stick it in the, in the, in the, oil catch a, catch a bottle of pulls, pull it back out. That'd be the easiest way to do it. And, and, and by and, the way, you should have an OPS by the way. Okay. And not a truck on a road that wouldn't benefit from having an OPS.
0: And you're going to have to stand there. Hey, see this bottle, this bottle right here. I want you to put oil in this bottle, this bottle right here. See it. Because you'll hand it to them and they'll dump all your oil and and they'll go, Oh, I forgot. Sorry.
1: We so, affirm sorry. on a weekly basis that every person that has a mechanical shirt on with their name on it and the, and the name of where they work suffer suffer horribly from cranial rectal inversion. <laughs> okay. Um believe me, we 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 it's reinforced to us. Multiple times a week, and this week was no example. Well, no exception. We had a guy come out, okay? We had a guy blow a tire on a trailer, trailer tire, trailer tire, all right, outside tire, all right. So uh, at 1700 in the evening, se- yeah. So we uh we get finally get somebody to come out there and put the tire on. and Oh, by the way, we sent him a picture and said, Hey, the mud flap screwed up too, so you got to fix that too. Mm-hmm. So Landstar sends out some Goodyear guy, okay. He Mm -hmm. looks at it and goes, you're going to have to have to have a mechanic fix that mud flap. I can't fix that. And since I can't put the mud flap on, I'm not going to put the tire on. So Mm -hmm. he left the tire laying on the ground and he left. Yep. So, you know, uh, of course, we're dealing with uh, trailer maintenance after hours. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, so we finally get a hold of somebody else. 2300. uh, The next, next, yeah, 2300. They come out and. um, Oh, wait a minute.
0: Back up. We got a hold of somebody at Landstar twenty three hundred. The truck was just east of Louisville, Kentucky, in Shelbyville, the rest area. They mm-hmm. sent TA from Florence, from Kentucky, Cincinnati, from, from Cincinnati, Cincinnati. one hundred miles down there. ETA four a.m. Yeah, he's been sentenced in seventeen hundred. ETA is four a.m. So by eleven thirty, midnight, whatever, I go to bed, and I wake up to a text from the driver with a picture of two tires on the back of the trailer one was a bare wheel with no tire on it and he says well they came and fixed the mud flap which i beg to differ there because the mud flap takes four bolts the guy put three bolts in it and two of them had nuts on them and he says oh well your inside
1: tire is blown too Cause it was flat. flat. He says flat. Inside tires flat, so I'm not going to put on this outside tire. laying here. A guy comes a hundred miles, fixes the mud flap, and refuses to put the tire on because the inside tire is flat. So we finally get somebody else to come, and the inside tire was flat because somebody messed up the valve stem uh, in the process of taking another tire off or fixing the mud flap. All that was wrong with it was the valve stem. So we went through three of these inver- cranial rectal inversion <laughs> people to put a freaking tire on a trailer,
0: and it it's took finally, finally done at fourteen hundred the next day. He sat there almost twenty four hours for a trailer tire. Now this isn't the driver's fault. Now, you know we we struggle. To get people, we always tell them, listen, you have to lower your expectations of your fellow man, because I know how desperately you want to believe that the person that's coming to you is qualified and and has the knowledge and the skill that that but that you just can't assume that. Right. And so you have to um, be assertive and sometimes you have to be an ass as you're being assertive. Um, because had I been there, right. And the first guy shows up, well, I can't do this because the mud flaps touching the inside tire. And that was his complaint. The, the, the bar had got pushed up by the blown tire. and was touching the bottom of the trailer. So the, le- the, the mud flap was touching the left inside tire. Well, I've got a knife. So that mud flap would not be a problem for me. And if you still complain, I've got some ratchet straps that I can strap to that DOT bar and I can make that, that bar not be a problem anymore, but I'll be damned if he's going to leave there without that tire on there. Because if I have to put the son of a bitch on there myself, we're not going to sit there 22 hours,
1: right? I'd have had the ratchet strap around his neck (laughs) and, and I'd be ratcheting him to the, to the DOT bumper. Okay. So that would be the way that it handled it if I had been there. Um, but see, the problem we have here is people are, again, just like the fellow with the company driver, you know, I, I, I want to come and make more money. The problem with that is you have, we have to pull everybody inside them somewhere has an insufferable bastard. Okay. We have to find it, identify that, and teach you how to use that when necessary. Okay. Because you're going to have to use it if you're going to be in business. All right. Unfortunately. So, uh, Shane, let's talk to Shane Eddings, uh, Eddings, Chris,
0: I am 46 financially stable, uh, which means can pay for school, a good used truck and bankroll for expenses. How can I get the one year of experience without being a company driver where you are out for super long runs? Can't do it, brother. Can't be. New. I know. I know how much you, I, I, I know how much you don't want to do it, but,
1: uh, you can't, you can't skip to the head of the line. You just, there there is no substitute for experience and you have to, listen, we, we, we're the, we're the best in the world. Okay. Uh, prejudiced right there, but we can't, first of all, we, you won't qualify because you have to qualify for Landstar. And number two, even as good as we are, you have to have that experience. There's no substitute for experience and you just have to grit your teeth and do it. And I, I, I hate it for you. Um, I did the same thing. I didn't go into it knowing, thinking I was going to be doing this, but uh, it scared the shit out of me to, to have to go, uh, you know, uh, be with a trainer for 90 days. And I mean, I, I dreaded it above anything else, but, uh, look back now and what if I hadn't done, what if I hadn't done that? You know, uh, now let me, let
0: me, let me address the, the elephant in the room. And that is people that will say, Oh, you don't have to do that because you could, if you're, financially stable and you can afford it. You could go to a school. You could buy a truck and a trailer. You could get your own authority. You could buy your own insurance and you literally, there's nothing prohibit that prohibits or prevents you from buying a truck and a trailer, getting an authority, whether you go to school or not, you know, might be a requirement for the insurance. But if you, if you write the insurance company a check, they will, they will write you a policy. Now it's going to be a big one. Um, but, all right, and here's the but nobody wants to talk about. So I'm gonna rain on everybody's parade. The risk level of doing that, because uh, we had didn't we have a guy, and he was like, well, I want, I want, he wanted to do that, and I said, maybe if you had a paid for truck and trailer and about a hundred and fifty thousand in the bank, I was willing to be, yeah, I'll, I'll, you sign up for the boards. I'll dispatch for you. I'll find your loads. Um, I'll teach you trip planning and stuff like that, but you got to have a minimum minimum of $150,000 in the bank and a paid for truck. And his tune started to change pretty quick. The risk level of that is astronomical. Are there people doing it? Yes. Are there people that have done it successfully? Yes they are the exception not the rule uh, what's uh what the the guy with the podcast um help me William I can't think of um, anyway there's a guy that's got a podcast and he talks about this like his 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 stick or his service is to help people start from zero um, now he had he had, i think he had some previous wealth and pre- previous money and and had been in the logistics game, but he went, got a CDL, bought a truck and trailer, made a podcast hauling assets, Chris, something other. Yeah. Um, and his, and he does, does a great job with his podcast and he lists all the P and L's and he's got four or five trucks now. Um, but this is risky. It's risky the way we do it. There, there, it, there's no zero risk. But to go out and get an authority and, um, and do that on your own
1: is unbelievably risky. And even and- doing it that way, you're going to have a hard time getting people to give you freight because you've got a new DOT number. You know, your insurance the first year is going to be astronomical because mm-hmm. you have no um, experience factor, whatever they call it. Uh, um, and it's, uh, I mean, it, 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 it will be a struggle to do it. Um, and I can't th- in good conscience recommend it. I can't either. And on top of that, there's a, th- you, you just have to get the experience doing the job. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like wanting to start out, you know, as a teenager, instead of sweeping the floor, being the manager of the damn place. You know, it usually doesn't work out that way. You got to go through and Look, one of the reasons that we have such credibility is because we've been there. We've done it. I've done everything I ask people to do. There's nothing we ask our people to do that I haven't done over and over and over and over and over again. So we have this credibility, but you just can't start at the top and go back. Well, I I passed up everybody because I have a little bit of money and I'm stable. And I mean, so was I, you know, I mean, I was 55 years old. I was pretty stable. I had plenty of money. Um, I would never be where I am. If I just decided to start a trucking company and do this without having the experience, I wouldn't, first of all, I wouldn't understand the business.
0: Right. And here's the other thing. Okay. And I'll, I'll use an example from my, from my past, 16 years ago my daughter's getting returned to 16 when she was a baby. Um, I wanted to be in business. I wanted to, I wanted to do something. I got this 48 days to the work you love book from one of day Ramsey's buddies. And it was like, well, what are you good at? And I'm like, well, I'm really good at keeping my car clean, you know, washing and waxing and all that stuff. And I thought, Hey, I'll do a mobile. I'll do a mobile detail business where, you know, I'll come to your house or Walmart or where I'll meet you out and I'll wash your car and, Number one problem, didn't do enough market research. People in West Virginia don't understand what mobile detail is. They think you're going to chase them down the interstate with a water hose, I guess. Um, But I figured out something really quick. I enjoyed making my own vehicle shine. I hated doing other people's. It sucks. It's really, really, really hard. So I can't imagine putting the investment into doing this and then going, Oh my gosh, this sucks. This is terrible. Um, uh, cause you can't escape trucking, right? You, you can be the owner. Uh, you can't escape the nonsense that comes with this business. Uh, y- you, are not immune to that. Well, how are you even going to know that you can handle that unless you've gone and done it in somebody else's truck first. Um, uh,
1: so. Another you know, problem with that is now it's not the time to buy a truck. I mean, oh, wow. uh, it- I, I, I wouldn't buy a truck right now. I, I mean, unless it was just absolutely a bargain, which they're, you know, and if you don't know any more about this, then, then it looks like, you know, you're probably going to end up buying the wrong truck. And uh, that will be a big, a big mistake that you can't, you, you can't fix that. You know, um, Well, you can fix it, but it, you're, it's going to cost you a, a a lot of money to, to undo that if it's the wrong truck, which very likely will be so. Lee says,
0: "I've been driving since 2012, and if I could go back in time and even have the knowledge I have now to start with my own authority, I still wouldn't do it. Look,
1: we got 14 trucks. Okay, you would think that at 14 trucks, the the point at which paying Landstar 35% would, um, you know, would 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 start to be some, you know, some thinking of doing it a different way. There is no way on God's green earth I would have my own authority. There is not any way." There's not, I would pay Landstar more than 35%. Don't (laughs) tell, you know, to not have it. So it's just, keep that between us. Okay. So
0: this, look, this business is a lifestyle, you know, um, it's one of the thing that, that attracts the, the gypsies that it does. Um, because you have to be wired a certain way to do this. Now I love YouTube you know, and, and I've seen some guys that I can tell are not slinging a lot of crap, but you know, that are making money with day cabs, making money with straight trucks, making money with dump trucks and different stuff that doesn't involve the over the road. So there's certainly that path, but to do what we do, um, you have to, um, you have to live it. You, you can't, you just have to live it, you know? Um, and that's, that's just what it is. You know, uh, well, Phil says, talk about what you get for the 35%. So if you've not seen my 35% video on our channel, I suggest you go and watch it. But here's, here's the Notes version. When you have your own authority, you are the billing department. You are the compliance department. You are, you're everything. You know, you, and, and, you know, you going from company driver to leased operator like we are, um, you're everybody that you hate. You're the load planner and the dispatcher. Well, now you get to be the compliance officer and you get to be the permit department and you get to be the billing department and Landstar takes care of all of us, all of that for us. They do the billing. I, I we get paid. We scan the paperwork on Monday. We get paid on Wednesday. Drivers get paid on Friday. No question. When you're an independent, and you you deliver the load on monday unless you're doing quick pay or factoring and you're giving up that percentage that you're so hell-bent on not giving the Landstar, but you'll go and give it to the damn factoring company and quick pay and uh, you know you'll you'll get you give truckloads of money away and be like hey look at all the money i gave away i'm not giving it to Landstar. well congratulations genius um all that we get for that 35% and it is worth every penny, every penny. And
1: and by the way, they file all those regulatory things on time. So when you go through a scale house, you don't have to worry about leaving in handcuffs, you know, um, Mm. peace of mind. And, 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 Oh, the big secret here is it's really not 35%. Okay. Correct. It's really only 29%. 21, 29.
0: Oh, 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 right,
1: right, right, right. And, and even less than that, if you have your own trailer, correct. Take 7% more out. If you, if you, if you bring your own trailer, I've always said 65 for the truck, seven for the trailer, seven for the agent leaves 21 for Landstar. Well, what I'm talking about is I look at the numbers and, and, mm -hmm. and when we look at our P and L okay. And if I look at the money that goes through Landstar versus the money that comes through us, the difference is 29%. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, and, and uh, Ken and Ken Anderson, um, also said he tracks the same thing, and he agreed with that last week. I think we talked about that. Yeah, um, yeah. And all the L cap is worth a good portion of the thirty five percent. Absolutely hell that we the tires we use. By the way, they just went up, but the tires we use cost used to cost twelve hundred fifty bucks retail. Now they're about sixteen hundred. You know, we get those tires for now. Right now, we're paying a thousand for them. We were paying about seven fifty before all this hell broke loose. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that alone, you know, no interest, you know. Um, there's a, I mean, you know, and the fuel discounts, I mean, are, are, are significant as well. You know, people used to call me and went, well, without getting into too much detail, we had someone talk to us about, about letting them sponsor the podcast and it was going to be a fuel card. Okay. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, this, this gal called us from like, uh, I think it was, was Philippines. Philippines? You know, we, we had to wait mm-hmm. to midnight to talk to her and everything. And of course she was, she's just a marketing person, but you know, she was all hell bent on, you know, this, this, this fuel card, the greatest thing since sex, you know? And, um, but you know, they, they wanted to, they wanted us to, they wanted to sponsor the podcast. We were supposed to, to, to advertise it and promote it. Although we, we can't use it because of Landstar, they couldn't give us anybody that did use it. Okay. So, you know, we just politely said, you know, thanks, but no thanks, you know, but because I've listened, Nastic, I've, I've looked at Nastics, I've looked at, oh, I, there's not a fuel card out there that competes with Landstar's fuel discount.
0: Period. Nope.
1: So, um, holy roller, holy roller with fuel so high, is
0: there a post emissions truck that can be lunatic? We did an episode on this, we did, um, can be lunatic, sort of, uh, uh, sort of. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can put an OPS on it. You can put the right tires on it. You can run max mileage in it. Um, you can pay cash for it,
1: right? I mean, that's you the- can do everything we do. The problem, understand, we have lunatic trucks that have EGR. Right. We don't have lunatic. Well, we have one that has DPF. That's the that's the kicker. But now, with and, and we're going to talk about this extensively again in July. And Pittsburgh Power is going to be there, by the way. But between Pittsburgh power and diesel uh, alternatives, uh, DPF alternatives
0: we, and diesel, diesel force cleaning,
1: we we have three things that can be done now that that make that truck reliable. Uh, one is get get it cleaned up, get the soot out of it because soot's the problem. Okay, all that all that DPF stuff and, and all the sensors, it's all about soot. Okay, we can get it clean. You can use the catalyst. You can keep it clean. And the truck, we have a 2016 we've had now for uh, over a year, a um, year and a half, I guess. Yeah. And once we did that stuff to it, it now has become a very, it's, it's, you know, I can't say it's a lunatic truck because it's, it's not, but it certainly is reliable. And that team drives it and puts 5,000 miles a week on it. Yeah. And we don't have any regen problems or all that kind of stuff. We don't have any of it. So we can take a, a we can take a DPF truck and make it reliable. Whether or not it's going to actually be a lunatic truck, I don't know. But you can do all of them. The only modification you can't do to that truck is anything to do with the exhaust. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't put the muffler on it, you know. And so, but I mean, you can do most everything else we do. We, you can improve the fuel mileage, you know, with the right tires and all that sort of stuff. We, it, we, can, we can certainly make it a, a, a good fuel mileage, dependable, reliable truck, unless you need a part that's in the Pacific Ocean. And then we can't help yeah. it with, So The the the
0: pretty much industry standard is that you have to avoid everything from 2008 to 2014. The 2015s and up, the OEMs have kind of got a handle on it, uh, except for the parts issue right now. Um, right. And I was talking with Casey at DPF Alternatives here locally, and they're getting ready to do – I can't remember the name of it, it – um, Anyway, they're, they're going to be able to repair one boxes for like, I don't know, seven or 8,000 compared to 13, 14, 15, whatever it is to buy one that apparently the, gosh, it's right on the tip of my tongue, but they're becoming a partner franchise or whatever this, uh, this place, ReCore maybe, um, where they're going to be able to repair one boxes. Well, that's a, that's a big deal. But sometimes we've got trucks in the country right now setting for a sensor. You know, something that'll fit in the palm of your hand. And the um, big thing is the
1: CPC right now. That's the big thing.
0: Yeah. Well, have you seen hmm. all these thefts? They're 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 thieving these uh, control
1: modules out of the <laughs> out of the dash. You know. Yeah. So, uh, hold on. Here's a question I have. Why do you have to have a post emissions truck? I mean, if you want to be, be a lunatic, why don't you just get a lunatic truck? Okay. Yeah, he might live in California. Well, he might. He might. You know, not with you, a name like Holy Roller. They don't allow yeah. those in California. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would just look for an 07 and older. Um, I mean, look, if you're gonna pay what you're gonna pay to get an emissions truck right now, you can certainly pay thirty thousand dollars and get and get a lunatic era truck and then spend about ten grand on a made a lunatic truck. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about that shit okay um you know we don't we we have trucks that break down every once in a while we don't have trucks that break down because there's a part in the pacific ocean that we can't get you know so yeah i'm well richie had a richie had a run there for about a
0: month just you know one thing right after another and he was getting discouraged and i said listen you're gonna spend 20 to twenty-five thousand miles and somebody asked or was that question about um how much do you there you go Chris Meeks, how many cents per mile do you set aside for maintenance? About 15, you know, is about the average. I went back and after my truck was gone and, and I had some time to think and I went back and did a forensic analysis of my operation and the numbers weren't terrible. But one number that stuck out to me is that 18 cents a mile, would have bought me not one but two engines and everything that i did to that truck including two engines uh worked out to be 18 or 18 and a half cents a mile when i come to larry he's talking about well you know we save 15 cents loaded mile and 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 i realize now being on the other side that had i maintained my truck the way we maintain a truck i probably would have saved and been down in that 15 cent range because I would have saved money. I didn't have an OPS. I ran good tires. That was it. Um, but I didn't have anything else that we did. I didn't have the maintenance schedule that we did. I didn't sure as hell didn't have Carl. Um, if I did, I'd probably still be in business because I ran from Carl. Remember, uh, I did not want Carl anywhere near my truck. I wanted the deafest, dumbest, blindest guy that I could get on one twenty day. Cause I did not want them to say, you know, Hey, you got to have all this to pass your inspection. You know? Um, so
1: And now we have crawl inspector on trucks before they go get the one twenty inspection. Yeah. So especially so now whole, he's not he's Holy I'm still confused here. You you want to buy a, a newer truck because of fuel cost and MPGs. Like for your 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 um your premise is that an older truck can't get fuel mileage? Is that is that the thing here? Well, I mean, that would be the that would be the reason not to have a new truck. You can't do that much to improve the fuel mileage. We're in a lunatic truck. There's a lot of things we can do to fuel improve the fuel mileage. So, I think you probably need to to get your your you know a little more research done here on this decision. I'm um, going to guess
0: that I mean look some of these new trucks with the integrated uh, like the the new Freightliner the Evolution with all integrated powertrain are getting some pretty impressive numbers, especially if you read that little thing on the dash. Now, for those of you that are looking on the dash and it's telling you you're getting eight mile a gallon, I would like for you to divide the number of gallons uh, or the miles that you drove on that tank by the number of gallons you put in that tank and then tell me what your fuel mileage is. Um, but we have a truck in our fleet right now that if I drove it, it'd get eight and a half. The guy's driving, it's getting six and a half. Same truck. But it's a 2000 Volvo with a Detroit and 13 speed. And I have personally got nine mile a gallon in that truck. Richie has got nine mile a gallon in that truck. And Seth has gotten nine mile a gallon in that truck. But for some reason, the 90 day average is down below seven. Well, what's the difference? What did you change? The driver.
1: So, uh, yeah, that's, that's not, that's not, a, a re, to me, not enough reason to buy one of those trucks. I mean, um, Again, there's just so many things that you can't control on that truck. And, uh, and if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna get it cleaned up, you're not gonna run the catalyst and that sort of stuff. You know, it's just, it's just, I mean, look, go to any dealership, walk in the, in the waiting room, ask the people what they're driving. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Look at what's towed in, in the dealership while you're standing there and look and see what it is. All right. Um,
0: so Shane, uh, says, by the way, I was looking at 2006, 2007 VNLs, Volvos with Cummins and manual transmission. I am not a hater. Okay. So let me preface that. I don't hate Volvos and I don't hate Cummins. Um, I prefer Detroit's and I prefer freight liners. Um, why? Cost per mile availability of parts, maintenance costs ease of working on them. Um, yeah. You know, give me a T25 Torx bit and a Crescent wrench, and I can fix di- damn near anything on a Freightliner, like interior-wise. I can have the whole dash out of a Century Columbia
1: in an hour. You know, um, the Volvos... Well look, well, look, we have a couple of Volvos, okay? When we go buy the same parts for Freightliners, first of all, we can get it. The second mm-hmm. of all, it's nothing. We go buy that same part on a Volvo, and Gosh, my first goodness. of all, I don't have it. It's <laughs> going to take three weeks to get it and it costs triple for it just because it's on a Volvo. So, I mean, look, we got two of them, you know, and I'm not, again, I'm not a hater. Um, but we, uh, you know, if you, if you're going to, if you have a choice to make, look, everything in life's about choices, you know, you're just going to pay more to keep it on the road and the Cummins, you know, we're, you know, here's our problem with Cummins, you know, You don't have the service points that you have for a Freightliner, okay? A lot of what we do is we try to get things fixed without being down, all right? You know, most of our repairs can be done overnight in one day. We don't have to go to specialized shops, you know? Freightliner 60 Series has been around since... You know, Jesus was a little boy. And so you can find anybody that knows how to work on them. You can find parts for them. Every TA petrol in the United States of America is a, there's a freightliner service point. Most of them have parts. And as much as we hate those cranial rectal inversion people that work there, they can at least get, we can't at least get the truck repaired, you know? So, um, that would be my only, you know, again I, now again, I understand I'm a purist here when it comes to this lunatic thing, because it's all about staying in business. It's all about not being down. And, you know, it's the, the cost of repair isn't the big cost of being down. It's the loss of revenue. It's the loss of freight, you know. And uh, when you can take a, a freight liner and go anywhere and get it worked on, including a 80-year-old man down Jacksonville who'll rebuild the motor over a weekend for $4,000, Find me a Cummins guy that will do that. Find me one. Well, and
0: they're so, they're probably out there. I mean, I, I, but like, if you want, if, if if I wanted to go up the the hill fastest, I'd have a cat. Um, if you why not? Why not just get a jet? <laughs> but that remember, I, I we're 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 not in this for trucking. We're in this for business profit, and making money. Yeah. And the Detroit is the most efficient the easiest to work on, the Series 60, 12. 7 or 14 liter.
1: Best um, fuel mileage.
0: Best fuel mileage. The The Cummins are great motors, you know, but starting with the ISX in, I think, 99 or 2000, the ISX It's not like an N14, you know, red top. You know, back in the day, they called them a headed stepchild.
1: Right.
0: Um, they're, you know, they're awesome. You know, uh, they have some quirks. You know, if you put like a fast system on them and keep the injectors good and clean, you don't have any problem. But um N fourteen was a bulletproof motor. Uh and then they went to the ISX and it's just got, you know, it's quirks. Um now, John, let's see, John Briggs. Okay. Uh someone roll through a couple. Where do you buy catalyst to run the tank? You get it from
1: Pittsburgh Power. Where are you? No, you get it from you get it from us. <laughs> no. But Pittsburgh you, you, Power you, makes it. Uh, a lot of the trucks stop securing it now. Okay. Uh, but if I were going to run it, if I were you, now we, we charge the same thing. Pittsburgh power does We're we're a distributor, but you can get yourself put on a subscription so that it comes to your house every month or every two months, however often you want it. And that way you've got it. But, uh, but uh, a lot of the truck stops have it. If you want to uh, Pittsburgh power go to their website, I think they'll list all the distributors on there. It's not all that hard to find, but, and then he asked, what's the best app for finding
0: cheap fuel? Well, we, if you're leased to Landstar, that'd be Landstar one. If you're not leased to Landstar, I don't really have an answer for that. There's probably some apps out there, but Jen, you have to, what's great about Landstar one is it automatically deducts the discount and it automatically deducts the IFTA because if you're not subtracting IFTA, the IFTA tax in that state from the fuel, when you're purchasing it, you're not
1: buying your fuel correctly. And you have to find an app that will remove the IFTA. It might not remove the discount because it won't know the discount, uh, if it's not proprietary, but you have to find. Now we used to use one before Landstar when It wasn't an app; it was a website. It was it was called Chris Find Cheap Fuel? Yeah, I so think. Find Cheap. Yeah, I think so. Find Cheap Fuel. We used to use a fine uh, fuel stop or something. Like find Fuel Stop, something like that. But it would give you the the current price and less the state tax, and you you can make that decision. Plus, it would or, it would organize them uh, by price, you know, ascending yeah. or descending. Um, I'm sure that's still out there. Uh, but uh, finefuelstops.com. Okay. Finefuelstops.com. But if you're at least a Landstar, Landstar 1 is the best. And if you're going to use it, use it correctly. Check on there to remove the Landstar discount and to remove the IFTA. And if you don't understand that, come see us July 16th and 17th, and we'll make sure you understand why that's important. So. <clears throat> Somebody asked about they don't have DPF while they need a catalyst. If you've got EGR, you need a catalyst. And oh, by oh, the we'll way, see. don't we, that OC, uh, uh, Richie's, it's an EGR, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Everything we have that's EGR will run the catalyst because we, again, you don't want to have the soot uh, stopping up that EGR tube, you know, that crossover, not that, that EGR cooler. So uh, we can get it clean with the diesel alternatives and we can keep it clean with the catalyst. And by the way, Richie, He's driving an 06, used to be a trucker's truck. Uh, he I mean his, 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 first of all he went from in the 5s fuel mileage, he's now in the 7s and the truck runs a lot quieter, runs a lot smoother. I mean, he's a big uh he's a big advocate of it because it's really made a difference in his truck. So.
0: Uh Amber, do you run any DD13s? We do not. We have one truck that has a DD15. And I'm not a
1: fan. Well, um, I hope she doesn't mean Volvo. We do run a no, D-D-13. DD. The,
0: the, there's D-13. a DD 13 and a DD 15. And then Volvo also has a D
1: 13. D 13. Yeah. Yeah. We run a Volvo D 13 and we run a DD 15. D 12. That's right. D 12. It's, it's an O2 or 0 It's an O2. A 12 Volvo we have a DD 15, um, uh, Frame. Cascadia. Yeah. Everything else we have is, is a series 60, 12, seven or 14 liter. let's see more comments I'm looking Um, my cat got passed by a military convoy today oh his
0: cat engine okay yeah well -hmm. he was earlier in the comments he was talking about driving slow you know um, and all the the freight haulers that were passing
1: him so P. Um, Cochran you need to get signed up so you get this $50 discount okay www.blueribbonlogistics.com/events. Mm-hmm. By yeah. the way, I'm doing an advanced business course on Saturday night. It's 99 bucks extra with limited seating. And uh, we're going to talk, if you don't, if you're, if accounting is not your thing, if record keeping is not your thing, if numbers aren't your thing, if you want to understand what this, when we talk about fuel as a percentage of revenue, or this week, our truck's revenue percentage of target, if those things are foreign to you, you probably ought to come and take my class on Saturday night. So I've only been doing this now for, since 1977. Okay. (laughs) So.
0: I've only been doing life since nineteen seventy six, so there you go. Hey, why don't you um why don't you do us a favor before we go? Yeah. Yeah, we've been an hour and thirty three minutes and we've still got thirty five people on and I I think
1: I can't sing.
0: I think they should be rewarded with that story Mary Lou told us about the dry cleaning that got thrown in the
1: dumpster. Oh, I don't know. Come on now. You got to do it. Well, okay. All right. All right. Let me press with this. You can change the names to protect the guilty. Well, I don't even remember the names, but so I told you earlier that everybody inside them somewhere has an insufferable bastard, right? (laughs) You just have to learn how to get it out. Well, if you've been in business long enough, you will, that you have found that, you know, you know, it's one of these deals where somebody you know, if, if you if you're not in business, you know how you get pushed around and pushed around, and pushed around to the point where you finally just blow up and go, look, motherfucker. You know. <laughs> and so it you know, that that's just in you, okay? Right. Well, you know, I we used to be in the dry cleaning business. My family was in the dry cleaning business and you know, my mother passed away and I had to sort of adopt it and take it over and, and run it for several years. So I was at one of our branch locations um one afternoon. And probably wasn't having a good day. I, I'm, I'm sure you know. I mean, that business can have its challenge. You think trucking, you know, is, is got no part of it? You just, you just have no idea. Okay. Um, the good thing about trucking is you don't really deal with the public per se. You know, you're dealing with somebody at a dock, but you're not dealing with the public. You're not dealing yeah. with somebody that's coming in and writing you a check and you get pissed because your hamburger is not done right. You know, that sort of thing. You see these people that go to McDonald's and they shoot somebody because their hand order is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's dealing with the public. Okay. I've so, listened.
0: I've been tempted. So. All right. There you go.
1: So, <clears throat> so this lady comes in and, um, she had dropped off like four shirts to be laundered. Okay. And she um, she started complaining about him. For, I, was, I don't even remember what it was, but she started complaining about him. But then she started bad mouthing my employees and calling them names that I can't remember what they were, but they were they, they were not nice names. OK. And she just pushed me to the point where I just that insufferable bastard in me came out. And I don't remember. Mary Lou probably remembers the details more than me because it probably made an impression on her. I, to it me, sounds like it. I don't even remember a lot of it but after i replied to her comments about my employees with what what i thought about her and uh and and she here's another thing she couldn't believe that I, that there wasn't anybody above me she thought that i was just an employee well i need to call you. and she wouldn't believe me i said well i, I am the i am the owner okay i mean you know and, and and that that just infuriated her cause well who's who's the national franchise <laughs> i'm not a national franchise I, i'm the owner okay you got that let's get so when she finally got you know, she she finally gave up on trying to go over my head. So then she starts wanting to engage me. Well, that was not the right thing. to <laughs> do. And I finally, this went on for 15, 20 minutes. I, you know, I, I, and I was, I was just, I was begging her, you know, I was begging her just to, you know, mm-hmm. well, she wanted to, she wouldn't go it. So it just so happened that outside the drive, I'm at the counter and there's a drive-thru window right here. And just on the other side of that drive-thru window is, is our dumpster. And I said, I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do, ma'am. I'm gonna take your shirts out there and throw them in that dumpster, and you can kiss all of our asses, okay? And I walked out that door and I threw them in the dumpster. And her, she, her mouth fell open, her <laughs> eyes opened up. She couldn't believe it, you know. But but it, she was so pitiful because there was nobody she could call. There's no authority that she could appeal to. She had to deal with me, and she came in there very, very under undergunned, you know. So
0: she, she showed up to a gunfight with a butter knife,
1: absolutely. Now, Mary Lou could probably make this a lot more entertaining, than but you. I ain't ever getting her on this podcast. I ain't never probably had on, so. not. I mean, maybe you get her at the event, maybe you can yeah. get, get her cornered out there in the, in the lunatic lounge and, and get <laughs> a better version of that, maybe. Yeah, but, but I'm, uh, listen, I, I'm pretty, listen, I'm pretty even killed. But there's a point, and Chris, you've seen it. Oh, yeah, uh, there's a point at which I listen, I just, we call it the Larry Long special. So, uh, well, Phil.
0: <laughs> Bill says I need to tell him about the Big Mac toss. So I'm 18 years old working at McDonald's in Hurricane, and I'm in the back running running the bin, as they called it. And it's late, you know, 9, nine o'clock at night, and uh, there's a girl working at the counter, and I was kind of sweet on her. And um, this guy walks up, and he orders a Big Mac, and he tells her he wants extra sauce, and, he, and which was fine, except to the point where he pointed his finger in her face. And it better have extra sauce. And he was real nasty about it. I thought, all right, buddy, let me show you this. And I grabbed that caulking gun with the big, and I emptied the tube on this Big Mac. That thing had to weigh four pounds. And so I set it up on the bin, and she grabs a hold of it, and her eyes get big because she felt it. I'm like, nope, nope, give it to him. He want extra sauce, buddy. Here you go. So she turns around and hands him the, well, he picks up the tray and walks around the corner. And then I hear, what the hell? And I hear him around the corner. <laughs> And he comes stomping around and he sees me and he grabs that Big Mac and he chucks it at my head and it hit the wall up behind my head. And there was pieces of Big Mac, just like running down. And I thought he was coming across the counter at me, but I guess he made his point. So, um, you know, like I said, you just get to the point where you're just not going to take it no more. And, uh, of course I was 18. I didn't really think things all the way through before I did them.
1: Uh, so yeah. So let's go over a couple of things. Okay. Uh, remember, uh, Pittsburgh power, you know, uh, OPS, they're sponsoring us max mileage. Uh, listen, we believe in those products. We use them. I've used the OPS since 2009. Um, you know, um, uh, please, uh, please consider giving them your business. They're paying for us to do this and we appreciate that. um, Number two, want to want to do a little uh, plug here about uh, what we do here. We do have a couple of uh, positions open in our program, so if you uh, if you ever thought about doing this, if you thought that maybe you should you know uh, shore up your business training and work on some of your skill sets before you jump into this owner operator thing, uh, take a look at us. Uh, go to driverblueribbon.com and. Submit the form. We'll, we'll set up a Zoom interview with you and we'll talk to you about why you want to do it and all the things, everything about it. Um, we don't always have, uh, you know, uh, availability, but we do right now. We'd like to uh, obviously get those trucks uh, seated as soon as possible. Uh, you learn, you'll learn, you learn firsthand about what we do here. And it's the Wax On, Wax Off program. You know, you every day you kind of do what we do. And then after a while you learn how to do it and we'll help you go do it on your own. Um, the, uh, reset your mindset tour. The only date we're doing this year, uh, is July 16, 17. We sold out last year. So, um, get online and get registered, uh, 50 bucks off between now and June 15th m- at midnight, June 15th. If we still have seats available, they go to full price. Um, I'm doing the, uh, advanced business course on Saturday night. It's $99 and that is limited seating. So, uh, we love, have- let me put in here. We had originally, in case you saw, we were going to do
0: two extras on Saturday night. I was going to do a, like me and Seth were going to do a, uh, like a trip planning hours of service. Um, but there's so much demand came in for Larry's thing. We're giving him the big room, and we'll just make the trip planning thing part of the event. So you may have seen that there was a choice. That choice is no longer there. The only thing extra is the advanced business practices on Saturday night.
1: So um, we'd love to have you join us. Uh, It's a weekend of just total immersion in, in, in our business philosophy, our business model. You know, listen, if you're concerned about this fuel mileage thing, uh, uh, the fuel price thing, you're concerned about whether or not you're going to be able to be able to get through this market adjustment, uh, you know, come. We, we'll, we'll show you how to get through it. We'll, we'll teach you how to stay in business. That's what we do. Um, Chris, is there anything else we need to, uh, need
0: to? Yeah, Chris is asking if a team wanted to attend the live event, um, we do have a discount for the second person.
1: Um, and I'm trying to remember the numbers. It's two forty five. It's three forty five for this first one between now and June 15th. The second person is two forty-five, period. Okay. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> so you get to fifty dollar discount. Um, and then
0: now if the both of you want to come to the advanced business practices, it's 99 each. Yeah. Um, so uh, but we have um we do we've got a fantastic hotel. It's best best hotel you've ever stayed in.
1: Yeah. Promise, and they really like us. So we've been we've been there for over a year. We do all of our orientations there. They treat us like kings. You're going to have breakfast every morning, and it's a it's a good it's a decent breakfast. It's not just cereal. Mm-hmm. And then of course we're going to bring lunch in both days. And then uh, Friday night we're going to we're going to have a little reception at the hotel. Uh, we're turning the lobby into the lunatic lounge, and our uh, our bartender Nick is going to have the blue uh, the Blue Ribbon Bar open um uh, cash bar and uh, we're going to do the podcast from the lunatic lounge on friday night so you guys will be in the live audience and some of you guys that always wanted to be on the podcast maybe we'll squeeze you in that night okay so uh who knows how it's going to happen um and uh listen it's uh, you. carl will be there rocky will be there probably going to have some other sponsors that are going to be there as well pittsburgh power is going to be there they're going to have some product and stuff with them um, so uh, they I, who knows they may be running some show specials, so I will don't know that yet, but I'll try to twist their arm. Uh, we'll have plenty of catalysts there, we'll have plenty of OPSs there, so um, and uh, we'll listen, we love to have you. I mean, you're going to meet a lot of other neat people there, and uh, we've already got several people that have already signed up, and looks like it's going to be a great event, and uh, uh you know, come hang yep. out with, uh, can, come hang out with us. And
0: William says, like, and subscribe. If you want the suspenders got to come back. <laughs> William did a good job last week.
1: He did. William's going to, William's going to do a, uh, a, a little presentation at the, uh, at the event. He's got a little thing he's been working on and, and we're going to let him debut his, uh, re, uh, William aspires to be the first blue ribbon certified trainer. So, um, he's, uh, desperately working on that and we're going to have it, give him his first, uh, uh, shot at our audience at the, at the event. So, uh, Phil freeze our, our, uh, our, um, platform guy, platform dispatcher and platform manager, fleet manager. He's going to be there talking about platform and, and some opportunities there. Uh, and Phil's a great speaker, great guy. And, uh, you know, we, I listen, we had Phil at our, um, we, we had everybody at our, at our company dinner up in Matt's March and, and uh, of course, Phil's always a well-spoken guy, you know, and of course he had a little bit to drink that night and we, <laughs> we put him on the spot. He won the an award for the top, uh, performing truck owner. And so we asked him to make some remarks and he, he did a great job since then. He's kind of become like the, uh, like this little, little, uh, like Carl was kind of like a, a legend that we're hiding. So, uh, we're going to give him a chance to sprout his wings and, and do a little thing at the live event too. So. If you like, uh, if you like platform, you want to check into our platform opportunities. We do have some platform opportunities, so uh, and he's going to talk about that. But you know, um, uh, next week, I don't know. Uh, aren't you going on vacation pretty soon? Uh, yes. Let's look forward to make sure we're doing this next week. Yeah, next next Sunday, but then the week after that, we're doing it on Saturday. Is that what? Yeah. you were?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I've got to leave Sunday.
1: Okay. So next Sunday, it'll be regular time. Then the weekend after that's going to be on Saturday because Chris is going to go on vacation. So, um, Phil says he concurs, but all right, guys. Well, listen, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Um, give a, uh, give Pittsburgh power. And listen, when you call them, tell them that yeah. you're uh that you, that you know, you watch this. Okay. Let, let them know that they're spending their money wisely. Okay. So we yeah. appreciate having them. So, and, uh, and have a safe week. Uh, be profitable out there. Be safe. And we'll see you next Sunday night. See you all. Good night, everybody.